Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Well, free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Happy Monday afternoon, everybody. Bob Getty, Kelly Center, and Dalton Stanford from the First Bank Studio in Hattiesburg. A rainy, dreary day here in South Mississippi as we get ready for the Monday edition of the Eagle Hour. Baseball pitching coach Christian Ostrander will be joining us a little later in the show. Lee Roberts also. We're going to talk a little baseball and football this afternoon. Opening segment sponsored by Dickey's Barbecue Pit. Proud supporters of this show and Southern Miss Athletics. You can enjoy their delicious fall-off-the-bone ribs, hickory smoked brisket. The brisket's so good, Kelly. Soft-serve ice cream, cream spinach, okra, sweet potato casserole. Mac and cheese. Go, go on and on and yeah. on. Next time you have an event, you should let Dickies cater it for you. You can sit back, relax, and let Dickies do the cooking. We thank Justin and the gang down at Dickies here in Hattiesburg for their support of the Eagle Hour. You know, Saturday, Pearl River uh, Community College had its homecoming as well, and some of the folks down there had Dickies. Dickies, yeah, yeah there so, you go. Uh, it's good, isn't it? and and they and they uh-huh. knew the association with. Hey, come over and over, have right. some Dickies with us. And I you said, took them up on it. Well, Bob, I don't want to be. No, you, you don't know, want to be rude. That's that. right. Well, I understand. All right, we're going to talk baseball, football a little bit later. Let's uh, just take a look back on Saturday night. Kelly and I were actually at the game, watch a game together. Golden Eagles played well. 45-27 is the final score. Uh, Kelly, I guess this is today's world of college football. 72 points, 939 yards of offense. I thought the way that the Eagles mixed it up on offense, the pass-to-run ratio and so on, I thought the coaches called a good game. The guys looked prepared. You know, North, and remember, both of these teams had bye weeks coming into right, this one. They knew right. the magnitude of this game. Right. I don't think the Eagles could have picked a better time to put it all together. And I'm sure the coaches will be the first ones to say, oh, well, we could play better, you know. But that was a big win. Um, now, this is, this is the, the deep water that they're swimming in now as far as the schedule goes. Uh, La Tech, they go to, you know, Ruston this week. If they can get this one coming up Saturday, then the schedule is not as tough, not anywhere near as tough the rest of the way. And you would think, barring injury, um, that they would bode quite well with the remaining games. But I thought the, the, the pass-run combination was good. You saw some flaws in the secondary, you know, but our guys uh, knocked Mason Fine you know, out of the game yeah. in the third quarter. And, and I don't think the Eagles even scored the second half, did they? Or maybe a late uh, – I think they scored one. Yeah, one garbage Fine touchdown. Fine didn't seem himself, did he? He, he wasn't quite what we've seen in the last three. That one touchdown that he threw down at the other end where he threaded that needle. Mm, yeah, I mean, it was, it was yeah. a great pass on the run. Um, but it was a great game for Southern Miss all around. And again, still, still have some issues maybe in the secondary. But uh, the way that they played much better defense in the second half and shut North Texas down. Man, this is exciting. Man, this right. and people talk about well, three or four years ago they were playing for a bowl game. You don't play for bowl games. You play for conference championships. Right. You know, and right now, according to the latest Massey ratings out today, Florida Atlantic and Southern Miss are right on each other's heels. 
and both of those teams lead now their respective divisions. Man, this is this is shaping up like a good one coming right. down to the stretch. All right, uh, twenty five thousand two hundred twenty five is the official attendance. Had to be tickets sold, Kelly. You know, I'm just calling it like it is. Nowhere near that in the stands. Again, we're, this is getting to be a trend, Bob, nationwide. And um, and I'm wondering if at some point, you know, things don't get – because other schools are seeing, you know, drop-offs. And, and You know, my friend and I that you, you sat with us, we went back to my house after the game and we, was watching all the highlights from ESPN. I saw that in a lot of football stadiums, a lot of empty seats in a lot of football stadiums. And, and I wonder if, uh, if that trend continues if, – because some stadiums are, have already announced that they're going to downsize mm-hmm. to make a ticket – more a premium, right? You know, with a limited number of seats. So I'm wondering if that doesn't continue. That maybe the upper deck you wouldn't tarp it over, or right. um, or just or just take a wrecking ball to right. each of the upper decks. Well, clearly yeah. not that many people in the stands during the game. But again, it's not just USM. I, right. I saw it uh, throughout. All right, around the conference, Marshall beats Old Dominion 31-17. Florida Atlantic uh, seem to have it together now, Kelly. 28-13 over Middle Tennessee. UAB squashes San Antonio 33-17. Here's the shocker. Western Kentucky 17, Army 8. Yeah, that surprised me a little bit. But Western Kentucky has moved up in the in the Massey ratings. So the Hilltoppers right. apparently are to be con- contend with. Hey, one other note on the, the crowd at Southern Miss Saturday. I haven't re- talked to anybody, though, that wasn't at campus sometime during the day that didn't say just how much fun they had. Mm-hmm. You know, that the game game experience is, is much better than it has been in the past. Right, right. Um, because they lowered the price the, at the, the concessions. The concessions are so much better. Kudos there. It was my first experience to go to the concession stand at much, much, much more reasonable. But logistically now, because prices are lower at the concession stand, logistically now you've got longer lines. Yeah, and the people, lines are pretty slow. Yeah, and, and, and people are going, man, I don't want to miss the game to have to sit in the concession. So, again, as Jeremy McLean told us Friday uh, in our remote at 4th Street Bar and Grill, there are some things they've got to work out. You know, So I think concession stand-wise, maybe they'll open up some more some more places to, to make it as fan-friendly as possible so that they don't miss a whole lot of game time. They want people to go to the concession stand, mm-hmm. but you don't want to sit there in line for 15 minutes you know, and miss it half of the quarter. It was just nice to walk away from the concession stand not thinking to yourself, and I didn't even get kissed. That you, that you, had, to, <laughs> that you had to take out a second mortgage on the house. Yeah, for sure. So things, things aren't perfect, uh, but they're certainly getting better. Florida International beat Charlotte 48-23. Louisiana Tech beat UMass. They just need to stay up north. 69-21. to And, of course, the Golden Eagles beat North Texas. So, Louisiana Tech, first place in the West, 5-1, 2-0 in league play. USM right on their heels, 4-2, 2-0 in league play. UAB is in third. This is the way we figured it would be, 5-1, 2-1. Both of those teams still on the schedule, North Texas, Drops to two and four. Disappointing, I think, year for them. One and one, Texas San Antonio, UTEP Rice. We want to tell you about that. Over in the East, Western Kentucky leads the league four and two, three and zero in the conference. The Lane Train right there with them, four and two, two and zero in the conference. Marshall's at three and three, one and one. Middle Tennessee, two and four, one and one. Florida, Florida International, Charlotte, and Old Dominion. Bringing up the rear. Yeah, but when you look at, when you just go over those, Bob, you mentioned that Western Kentucky leads in the East. The latest Massey ratings out today has Western Kentucky fourth in Conference USA, 88th in the country out of 130. It has Florida Atlantic number one at 64 
in the country. They're up 10 spots from last week. Southern Miss now 74 nationwide. So they're getting closer right there to the, to the mid, midpoint, almost right at the midpoint. Um, and Southern Miss has raised six spots in the Masseys. Louisiana, Southern Miss 74, La Tech 77. So they're right there. They, they couldn't have these two teams any, any closer uh, packed together. La Tech is up six spots. Then comes Western Kentucky at 88, UAB at 90, Marshall at 91, Middle Tennessee 99. And Florida International would have to be a disappointment, I would think. Uh, at 101, North Texas drops to 102 after the loss. Then comes Charlotte at 118. And then remember, there's 130 teams in the Division I uh, pile. Rice is at 120. You'd think that Rice, who's 0-6, would probably be at the bottom of the heap, but not so. Rice is 120, according to the Masseys. UT San Antonio, 123. Old Dominion, 125. And UTEP, 128. Yeah. So... Uh, about a quarter of the league in the bottom ten in the country. Halfway through the season, you've got uh, five teams with winning records in Conference USA. Louisiana Tech, five and one. Southern Miss, Western Kentucky, Florida Atlantic, all four and two. UAB also five and one. So, uh, but the, this is the teams you really expected, I think. Yeah, but and you look at this La Tech team, five and one. But but people would say, well, who have they played? You know, they really haven't played uh, some of the teams that, that Southern Miss and, and uh, right. even North Texas, you know, has, has played. But that, that doesn't matter. What matters is this coming Saturday in Ruston. And North Texas, you know, had beaten Southern Miss three straight times. And the Eagles finally got that ship righted. What I'm worried about, cautiously optimistic, <laughs> but worried, we have owned La Tech. I mean, we have beaten them like a drum up and down the field about the past, I don't know how long. But um, you hope that that now doesn't get doesn't get corrected but i'm telling you eagles playing with a little bit of swagger playing with some confidence y'all thought i was you know eating makeup a couple of weeks ago when i said i think they can run the table and uh, they got they got one and that they, oh, that's one well i know i know but how many people you know there were probably right. people didn't think they might right. not get that one here's something interesting southern miss will make its debut on the nfl network first time ever on the nfl network that game on the network at 2.30 Saturday afternoon, so a national televised broadcast on the NFL Network. And as you would expect, they do a really first-class job with their production of football. I'm telling you, onward, upward, any place, anywhere, anytime, you know, whatever. But uh, so far, it's going exactly like the Eagles had hoped it would. Hoped it would. Good weekend for baseball. They play their first uh, fall baseball game. I have no trouble uh, shutting out William Carey in uh, two games. Christian Ostrander is the baseball coach, pitching coach at Southern Miss. He's next on the Eagle Hour. To the, top. to the top, you're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Welcome back to the Eagle Hour, Monday edition from the First Bank Studio in Hattiesburg. Uh, Luke continues to be out of the country. He'll be back with us at the end of the month. Glad you're listening around the state this afternoon, wherever you are. Hope you're enjoying a 
break in this hot, humid weather. This segment sponsored by Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net, our good buddies down on Hardy Street. Always have the best selection of Southern Miss apparel you'll find anywhere on the planet. And with Christmas beginning to sneak around the corner, uh, it's a good time to start thinking about Campus Bookmark. Great place if you've got a Golden Eagle on your Christmas shopping list. But on on Saturn and Pluto, they have a little bit wider selection. But on this planet... On this planet, though, there's no second. There's no close <laughs> That's second. That's right. That's right. All right. Baseball took place uh, yesterday at the Pete, and uh, the Golden Eagles uh, entertained uh, Cross uh, Town University William Carey Crusaders. In uh, two fall exhibition games, the Golden Eagles looked strong, winning the first game 15 to nothing and the second game 3 to nothing. Pitching coach Christian Ostrander had a chance to look at 14 of his guys in the two games yesterday. And coach, first of all, thanks for coming on the show. Well, thank you for having me. You're always welcome here, and we always enjoy talking Southern Miss baseball. So, you guys been involved in fall ball, and uh, you get 14 kids on the mound yesterday. I think 18 strikeouts. Uh, in the two games. So what did you walk away knowing, thinking, and uh, feeling about your uh, pitching staff yesterday? Uh, well, you know, I thought they, you know, competed well as a whole. Um, you know, there was a, you know, a few things here and there. I'm, you know, I'm always going to be pretty critical of them, but uh, that I'd like to see better. But really, you know, to me, it's just not about as much as the outcome as just their execution and because, uh, you know, that's what it's going to take to – you know, to be successful in the long haul. And uh, for the most part, I thought a lot of guys really went out there and, and, and did that. And, uh, you know, regardless of, you know, what the numbers show or anything, I'm just really focusing on that execution, and I was proud to see that. How many of those kids were new to the program that uh, saw a little action yesterday, Coach? Maybe maybe fans haven't seen uh, in the past years. Well, we had six freshmen uh, throw mm-hmm. yesterday. And uh, out of six innings of the freshmen, they gave up two hits and uh, – Struck out eight and only gave up one walk. So they really, you know, I thought they threw the ball really well. Those freshman group did, and then I guess we also had uh, oh, probably two other guys that were new to that. So about eight total. Eight out of the fourteen were new guys. Coach, I want to I want to shift gears and talk a little bit about the major leagues, and then we'll get back to your team if you don't mind. With, okay. the, with the playoffs, you know, coming up, and and Dave Roberts, the manager of the L.A. Dodgers, really taking the heat after he inserted Clayton Kershaw uh, in against the uh, the Nats, I guess, in in the playoffs. Kershaw, a starter, but he put him in as a reliever in the eighth inning, and he proceeded to give up back to back home runs. To the layperson at home, you know, there are starters, there are middle relievers, there are relievers. But to the layperson at home that might not be a, a, a student of baseball, they would think, you know what, a pitcher is a pitcher. What was, what was wrong with putting Kershaw in, who's a stud? Nobody argues that. But then in a relief role, gives up two home runs. So what, what do you tell the layperson that says, well, what, what, what are they doing putting a starter in as a reliever? Well, I mean, I, I I don't think it. I don't think the success or lack thereof was because he was a starter versus a reliever or whatnot. Those guys are professionals at that level that are they're going to go out there and you know treat every pitch the same. You know, if you will. Uh, me personally, if you were to ask, I would say the difference was in, in today's day and age of Major League Baseball, every guy that comes in out of a bullpen is a monster that's throwing ninety-seven to a hundred and stuff. So. When a Kershaw comes in in that role there, you know what? I'm, I might say that those those other teams' hitters might have exhaled and felt like, oh, I got a shot. <laughs> Versus those guys who are throwing it you know, 90 miles, 95 to 100 miles an hour with the stuff that we see. So 
who knows? Baseball's crazy. I mean, you can uh, you can look like a million bucks and um, and 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 not execute, and you can execute and, and get beat. So I mean, it's just it's the way the game goes. So let's put it in college context then. As you sort through all of your arms, right-handed, left-handed, what have you. How how do you determine who your starters are going to be, who your mid relievers, and then who your who your aces in the pen are? Well, I think competition and guys getting out there and uh, you know and earning it, not just now the fall. The fall is just a sample. You know, I don't extend anybody. I'm not. Heck, I got about 180 innings uh, coming back that aren't even throwing this fall. You know, Walker Powell, Ryan Ott, Sean Tweedy, and uh, Brant Blaylock. So. You know, those guys are going to be added to the equation, you know, in a couple months. And uh, so, you know, to me, how do you determine that? I think, well, I know I, I look for guys that can uh, – who can get through a lineup more than once. And uh, sometimes through that you got to have the ability to uh, mix pitches well and, and have more than one off speed. Just, you know, it can't be just a two-pitch guy, in my opinion. I think you need the three. And, and then some guys, you know, uh, can withstand and, and – and, and, uh, through the course of 75, 80 pitches and still maintain, some guys don't. And uh, so it's just kind of just learning and seeing and, and you know, what, what guys can do. And, uh, you know, it takes a little time, but usually it, uh, it plays itself well. Coaches, you guys look at your ball club uh, now. I think you got about another week of fall ball, and I think you're going to go to Alabama uh, to wrap stuff up. Uh, are you getting what you would hope you would get out of the baseball team? You know, I'll be honest with you. I'm always, uh, you know, constantly optimistic, um, you know, in everything. But, you know, I, this group, man, it's, and Coach Barry said it, we've said it as a staff. I mean, it's, uh, they're really working hard. It's been fun to come out every day. They're engaged in the weight room, on the field. Uh, there's so much youth out there, not just pitchers, but position players. And, and to see those guys have really stepped in and responded to some of the great leadership of some of these upperclassmen, uh, it's been fun. I mean, heck, I don't, you know, I don't know what that means in the win-loss column of all of that, but uh, I, I do believe, and you know, in my experience, that it does account for something. And uh, you know, so it's 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 been fun watching these guys compete. Um, I'd say we're about where we would think we'd be right now. That still got some guys that need to settle in and. Uh, just kind of relax with these young guys and, and let their ability and talent, you know, get them where they need to. So, a lot of, lot of work to do, long way to go. And uh, But I, I would say we do like where we are right now. Well, Coach, we're only expecting 45 wins at another conference championship. Other than that, the expectations are not very high. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> That's ours, too. So, uh, right. you know, we, know, we know what's ahead. Right. We do know the, uh, the, the tradition and the standard of excellence here. So, it's uh, – we're going to do everything we can to, to reach it again. Well, I do want to ask you this. Coach Barry kind of broke this news a few weeks ago with us on the air about the artificial turf that's coming in. Mm-hmm. As the pitching coach, do you do you like that idea of an artificial turf mound? And, and how, if any way, will it change the way you coach your pitchers? No, nothing will change in, in, you know, in our philosophy and what we want to do. Um, you know, it's uh, that will always stay the same. I, I think um, – you know, it'd be easy to say you're going to start recruiting more sinker ball guys, this and that. Okay, you know, I mean, maybe so. Maybe you think about that, but we're already doing that anyhow. So uh, I'm excited. Yes, I am excited. I think it's, uh, it's there's so many benefits of having it. Um, you know, the fact of uh, you can all really, it's a lot easier to plan your work and work your plan and, uh, and go out there and practice each. It could be pouring today, but. Tomorrow you're going to have a dry field to go out there and do what you need to do. So uh, 
I'm very excited about it. And as for the mound, you know, turf mound, I don't, I'm pretty excited into that technology they have, you know, these days and what they have on there and the footing and stuff. And um, I think it's going to be just fine. I don't worry about any of that with my guys. Uh, I think it's a home field advantage type deal that you get used to it as well. And, and let's be honest, most of these kids coming up nowadays through, you know, travel ball and whatever, they're playing on turf fields majority of the time anyway. Coach Christian Ostrander is with us here on the Eagle Hour, the pitching coach for uh, for Southern Miss. Coach, there's, there's this ongoing debate between the medical community and baseball, and I'm speaking, I'm painting with a broad brush here pretty generally. You hear the medical community say, I wish baseball coaches wouldn't stress velocity so much with these high school kids because all they seem to care about is throwing at 93 miles an hour so that they can get recruited. When, when a lot of the kids physically, their arms maybe cannot take that stress over the long haul. With that being said, is velocity overrated? Where does it fit in the overall equation, considering that, that Maddox, who was one of the best pitchers that ever you know, pitched for the Atlanta Braves, never really threw it that hard? Mm-hmm. Well, I think if you ask you know, 10 pitching coaches, you might have uh, a split, uh, split answers on that or opinions. But for me, you're asking me, I... I I think it is overrated sometimes. Um, now, who doesn't love velocity and uh, you know and power and stuff like that? But uh, that's great if you can control it and command it and mix. And uh, you know, at this level, uh, just a good fastball is not going to get you very far. You got to have something to go with it and uh, and stuff. So I'm, you know, I've always been, and, and I probably shared this with y'all before. Uh, you know, pitchability uh, guy first, and you know, I think you can have a guy that commands 80, 86 to 89 and three-pitch mix, and you can get a lot of outs and, uh, versus a guy that throws a 92-mile-an-hour fastball but can't you know, land an off-speed. These hitters are going to figure that out and sit on that heater. So, you know, it, it's just a, a cat-mouse game and, and uh, keeping a hitter off balance and stuff. And to do that, you got to be able to mix a little bit. So I love the – I'm old school in that. I love the, uh, the, the pitch ability, but don't get me wrong. I love the power, too. <laughs> And uh, so when, when it all comes together, power and pitch through, that's when you have something special, which y'all seen here. So, All right, Coach. Well, thanks so much for your time. Great conversation. And uh, we look forward to talking more baseball with you down the line. Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. All right. Christian Ostrander, everybody. Pitching coach for the Southern Miss Golden Eagle Baseball Program. Lee Roberts analyzes the homecoming victory next. To the top. I want to welcome you back to the Eagle Hour. Thank you for tuning in on a Monday afternoon. This segment sponsored by our good friends at 4th Street Bar and Grill. We had such a great time down there Friday afternoon, and the food is always so good. Slade White and all the people at 4th Street Bar and Grill just make it so much fun to go down there. Great memorabilia. We've talked about all of those things and about the good food, but boy, it's the people that make a difference. And 
How much fun was that down there Friday? <laughs> With all the homecoming superstars that, that were around there that day. And then you see pictures on different social media of everybody gathering on Saturday. That's just a special time, you know, indeed. And, and congratulations to Jack Abraham. We're just getting word that he's Conference USA Offensive Player of the Week. Right. So congratulations and, to Jack. And our thanks to Four Street Barn Grill for having us down and for sponsoring the Eagle Hour. All right, Lee Roberts uh, is the color commentator for the Golden Eagle Radio Network. He, of course, was there Saturday night. And, uh, Lee, we were talking uh, before we brought you on the air, uh, 72 points, 939 yards of offense. Is this the new era of college football? You know, it is. Uh, you know, I know in Conference USA, obviously, there's a, you know, a lot of big offenses. And you know, really across the country, there's a lot of big offenses. But, you know, people will still beg to differ. Hey, defenses are going to win championships. And so I, I knew going into Saturday's game or thought that the way it would come out is, you know, which defense would make a stop would be the one that would, you know, win the game. So whoever, whichever offense had the ball last might would have been the victor. But, you know, Saturday was a little different. Um, but, yeah, a huge offense production, both teams. And, again, Southern Miss just uh, you know, really put up some points and numbers, which I was – not surprised at it at the least, but extremely excited. But, so, but to uh-huh. go to your point, though, Lee, Southern looked really good de- defensively in the second half in particular. From your point of view and from your vantage point, what did, what did the Eagles do differently in the second half that allowed them to keep the, uh, the mean green in check? You know, it was, it was kind of an interesting first half. I mean, it was both teams score early, then there was some sputtering back and forth. But I truly felt like, and again, getting to your question the difference in the second half was you know just basically you know the offense been able to score and the defense been able to stop them and it really started you know we we go into the half with an eight point lead come out north texas obviously gets the ball because they deferred and if they drive down and score it is a totally different game they go down and miss a field goal so they did move the ball but yet defense comes up with a stop they miss a field goal then we go down the next possession and get a field goal and then up you know, a couple of series later, score a touchdown. So, I mean, a 10-0 run in that third quarter was definitely the difference maker. You know, defensively, obviously, we did, we did make some change. I mean, our biggest tackler, um, you know, that led the team in tackles, Shannon Shower. So, a safety coming up, making some, some huge plays. Obviously, there were times in the game I felt like, again, I try to keep my you know, cool about the referees and officiate, the officials. But I thought Saturday night there were a couple calls that went against us as far as pass interference. If they indeed were pass interference, they really threw the flag extremely late. But, um, you know, you know, I thought, again, back to your question, I thought the defense played extremely well, especially that, that second half. And against teams like North Texas, that that is potent and can move the football. That was a, a huge vantage point for us. And really there was a, a no call down on the – on the end of the field by the south end zone where clearly the mean green receiver pushed off. Yeah, and, and, and there was at, no flag. There was no flag. Right, you're looking at even, you know, height advantage there. I mean, that was a 6-4 receiver going against, if I remember correctly, maybe Shannon Showers, and he clearly pushes off. And right. if you remember what happened next, Shannon jumps at his ankle to try to tackle him to, to get a call. Um, but again, a no call and a touchdown there. So I, I thought multiple times things went in the favor of North Texas, but good teams overcome and, you know, good teams play under adversity. Obviously we had the crowd advantage. It was a huge homecoming uh, day, a huge crowd, a lot of, a lot of great people back in town. So at the end of the day, extremely proud of the Golden Eagles. It seemed to me, Lee, it was the best overall performance out of the football team so far this year. Your opinion? Uh, yeah, no, by far. And again, I'm going to credit the crowd. I mean, there was times where they got extremely loud, North Texas, 
you know, had a delayed game at one point because of an extremely large crowd. And, you know, we feed off that. Obviously, this week is a road game, and hopefully we can, you know, we'll, we'll get a, another crowd to travel with us. But overall, I mean, offensively, defensively, we, we played extremely well. A couple interceptions. You know, coming into last uh, Saturday night's game, you know, I think we only had three interceptions on the year, maybe even four turnovers totally or takeaways. And, uh, you know, two big interceptions that, that really have one end up converting into points, the other did not. But still, just, you know, stopping a, a team like North Texas was huge. And I know Mason Fine, their quarterback, did go down. I hope, hopefully everything is okay there with him. But, again, credit, credit our defense just getting after them really all day long. You know, only one sack, but still I thought the, the pressure on Fine and, you know, making him get out of the pocket. And again, when he did, we were able to contain him. So I thought defensively was a, a great night and a good scheme by Coach Billy. And it does come down to execution, obviously. But and, and North Texas had a couple of really fast backs. But as I, you know, in my uneducated football eye, like looking out there, it looked like to me, again, it comes down to execution, but I just thought the Eagles were a more talented team. I just thought Southern Miss looked like they were slightly better than North Texas. You know, they were. And again, obviously, going into the game, I, I thought that their record didn't, you know, hold well to how good that North Texas was going to be. And, you know, and still, they're a really good team and they're going to go on and win a lot of games. And the running back position, although they lost their starter due to an injury, you know, they felt like that was an area that they were really, really deep. So, to your point, you know, they do have some talented backs. As a matter of fact, DeAndre Torrey that came in as the replacement back, he was a starter last year, almost a thousand yard rusher. And, you know, so he was, uh, you know, he, he knew exactly what he needed to do. And, you know, they are, they're, they're tough, they're skilled, they're going to win a lot of football games. But again, overall, I think we had a better scheme and, you know, we outplayed them. And athletically, I thought we, right. you know, were as, as good as we could be on Saturday night. I think that's a good description. All right. Next, uh, Louisiana Tech, five and one, Lee, and really first place Western Division, uh, really up for grabs here. Uh, what can you tell our listeners about this Tech team, and what do you expect uh, down in Ruston? You know, I'll say this. I mean, you know, used to, I would say it was, you know, Southern Miss against Tulane, kind of a rival. Southern Miss against Memphis, kind of that rival. But now it's kind of become Southern Miss and Louisiana Tech. It's, you know, as far as the series goes, I mean, it's a, a lot of great games between the two. Obviously, we've been able to, to win in Ruston, and we've been able to, you know, come away as victors the last couple of years against this Louisiana Tech team, and, and I expect us to carry a lot of confidence over there. A tough place to play because they're, they're a team with a lot of confidence, confidence as well. They're going to they're gonna come ready to shoot it out as well, so I expect another game where a lot of points to be scored. I think they scored in the upwards of 60-something points Saturday against uh, their opponent, but, you know, we're potent, we're potent they're potent, and, uh, you know, I think it's I think it's going to be another great game, and I expect, again, defensively, Coach Billings and Nicholson to come up with a scheme to try to slow down their attack. And, you know, once again, I think it's going to be who, who's going to come up with a big play uh, to change the outcome of the game. You know, obviously, we've got a, a quarterback in Abraham. I know Kelly said a while ago, Conference USA Player of the Week. And, you know, granted, he deserves that, but hey, he's the fourth leading passer in the country as well. And uh, so, a great offense that we have that Coach Buster Faulkner has put together, and so a lot of great things are going uh, forward for the Eagles. And we just need a we need another big game. So listeners, please travel with us and you know come enjoy a good game at two thirty. Well, I'll tell you, Lee, when you look at the standings as of this morning, uh, really three of the well, no, let's see, one, two, 
four of the best teams in the league are still on the schedule. Western Kentucky, Florida Atlantic, UAB, Louisiana Tech. Great game Saturday night, but a lot of work still left to do, right? You know, it is. And, uh, you know, fortunately we've got this game, and then I think we go to Rice, and then maybe even another open week before we kind of have that last half of the season. But, yeah, you know, and we knew coming in it was – it was a very tough schedule, and you know, as Coach Hobson would tell you, any week it's one game at a time, and the next opponent's the most important, and, and definitely is true because you know Louisiana Tech, how good they're playing, and you know what they mean on our schedule, and you know the conference championship, you know, has to go through them, and then each other opponent on the on the, uh, the schedule. If we want to complete and finish what we started, you know, and that's to host the conference USA tournament in Hattiesburg, so. A big game, uh, obviously, coming up on Saturday, so looking forward to it. But if you get this one, okay, and, I, and of course, we own La Tech. <laughs> we own La Tech. And I heard somebody say this morning. Talk mor- to him, Lee. I don't know. <laughs> and I heard somebody say this morning that Southern Miss lives rent-free in the minds of the Louisiana Tech Bulldogs. Mm-hmm. But, but if you get this one against La Tech, remember, it's almost like winning two games because you already beat North Texas, you already beat La Tech. Even if you were to stub your toe somewhere along the way and you all finish with one, you beat those two teams. You beat right. La Tech and you beat you. So the first tiebreaker is head to head. So yeah, so it's yeah. So this that's why this game is is so important. Obviously, UAB will be another big one. But but you're right. If we can win Saturday, and if by chance we do stub our toe down the road, we do have the head to heads against North Texas and right. Louisiana Tech. So again, not put the cart before the horse. We got to go and play well. But indeed, it's uh, a huge. Ahead of it. Uh, was this the first game you've done all year that you weren't sweaty, nasty at the end of the game? How much did you enjoy the cool breeze? Hey, it was uh, it was wonderful. So a great atmosphere on campus. Um, you know, obviously the weather was fantastic, and and we played well. So man, it was a, a win, win, win Saturday night. And as good as Jack Abraham is playing. He's no Lee Roberts, no, ladies and gentlemen. He's one of the greatest. Come on. There's no question Come about it. Come on now, Jack. Uh, hey, hey, Jack's everything that I, that I want him to be. So he, 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 he's having an extremely great year. I, I'll tell you this. I saw Jack at the Eagle Walk before the game, and I just kind of got – I went up to him and I said, Jack, I said, all I've been hearing about Mason Fine, I've seen Mason Fine over the last couple of years. I said, just go outperform him. And, you know, did. unfortunately, Mason Fine did get hurt. But right. even before he left, Jack had, uh, has definitely outperformed him. So I'm proud of that kid. All right. Thank you, Lee. I appreciate you guys. Lee Roberts, we'll be right back. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Our thanks to Lee Roberts and Christian Ostrander. Great way to kick off the week uh, with another week of the Eagle Hour. This segment is sponsored by Gulfport Home Center. Good friends down on the Mississippi Gulf Coast with a great selection of pre-manufactured housing. Double wides, triple wides, single wides. Uh, you name it, they've got it. Uh, a, a home to fit any budget, a home to fit any need. They'll help you with the financing. They'll help you with the location. They will bring it and set it up. Uh, They make it easy to buy your next home. 
Gulfport Home Center on the Mississippi Gulf Coast. All right, Kelly. Uh, hey, your Redskins won yesterday. Well, I'm getting to the NFL right now, Kelly. Hail to the Redskins. Hail to the Redskins. Boy, they almost lost, but hail to the Redskins. They need to fire their coach every week. Yeah, I'm telling I you guess. what. Redskins beat the Dolphins 17-16. Cardinals beat Atlanta 34-33. The 49ers, brother, the 49ers look good. 20-7 over the Rams. Broncos, two in a row. They shut out the Titans 16 to nothing. The Jets beat the Cowboys. God, I hated that. 24-22. How about them Cowboys? How about them Cowgirls? The Steelers beat the Chargers 24-17. Chargers did not look good at all. They, they, are, they are so beaten up they, with injuries. They got a lot of injuries. Oh, man. Here's another disappointing team for the Kansas City Chiefs. They gave up 31 points to Texas yesterday. I can tell you, Kelly, I don't care how good their quarterback is. You don't play better defense than that. You're not going very far. No, but you sell a lot of tickets. You know, a lot of tickets. Vikings beat the Eagles 38-20. to Ravens, I'll skip them by. No, no, go ahead. The Ravens beat the Bengals. close, 23-17. Yeah, close. Yeah. The Seahawks beat the Browns 32-28. The Saints beat the Jaguars 13-6. The Panthers beat the Bucks 37-26. And Thursday night, of course, Kelly's second favorite team, the Patriots, beat the Giants 35-14. And tonight should be a good game. I think Detroit and uh, Green Bay's pretty good matchup. Yeah, that's usually kind of a Thanksgiving Day matchup, yeah. isn't it? You know, yeah. or the or the Bears and the and the Lions. But you know, the uh, the Patriots. Yeah, they beat the Giants, and the schedule just keeps getting tougher for them. They play the Jets next week. Yeah, they do. Don't Ridiculous they? that the World Champions yeah. have played teams that maybe have won one game all year. Right. It's just stupid. I think the biggest the biggest stories out of the National Football League yesterday were. The Chiefs losing their second straight home game, giving up 31 points to the Texans. The Saints struggling against the Jaguars, maybe not quite as big a story. <laughs> the biggest story, I, I have to believe, are the 49ers. There's this there's this couple of new teams that seem to be stepping up, Kelly, and taking a lot of oxygen out of the room. But what side of the ball are the 49ers really kicking tail in? They're good defensively. They're playing great defensive football. They're really good defensively. You know? And any time you go back to the the Steeler teams of the you know of, of of old and credit where credit is due, the P words, I think they've given up. I can't even say that team in New England's you know. But they've given up one passing touchdown the entire year. Now, again, they've played right. lousy teams, right. all right? But they play great defense. And any time you have a good defense, you don't even have to necessarily have a great offense. Right. You know, and that's and, – and the Falcons are in big trouble. And I know that's not – I know Saints fans are mm-hmm. getting kind of a chuckle out of that. But I think the Fa- Falcons are in big trouble, and I think they're going to make a coaching change I sooner think they will. rather than later. Talking about defense, you're exactly right. New Orleans is a great example of that. New Orleans is not playing terribly good on offense, but their defense is winning four games in a row for them now with Bridgewater at the at the helm. And I think you have to give credit in all four games to the Saints' defense. And the Jaguars are not that bad. They're a pretty good team. Yeah, and then Jaguars play. I mean, anytime you can hold the Saints to 13 points. Mm-hmm. Now, the good news for the Jaguars is – they go to Cincinnati next week. Oh, is that where they play next? Yes. So yeah. the only two winless teams now in the NFL. And Who would they be, Kelly? That would be the Bengals and the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I know, calm down, your excitement. They actually get to play each other later this year. Do they? Do they? <laughs> the crowd goes wild. Well, uh, let me assure you that the Redskin-Dolphin game was not exactly – I mean, it was a close game. It goes down to a two-point conversion at the end of the game, but uh, – 
I, I could just see them snatching defeat out of the jaws of victory yesterday when they let them score right at the end of the game. A couple of the things to the NFL that has to go, and the commissioner needs to hear this, the players want the Thursday night game to be axed. Yeah, I think that should be. They, they don't want the Thursday night game anymore. And fans do not like these games in London. And, you know, yeah. Tampa, Bay and, uh, Tampa Bay played its game this week against the Panthers in London, mm-hmm. and I don't know what they're trying to accomplish by playing these games it's in London. It's unfair to the teams. It really is, and, and you're giving up a home game. You right. know, if, if you are the quote-unquote home team in London. So you're basically screwing the fans of whatever team gives yeah, up Yeah, because who wants and, – and, and are you going to put the National Football League in London? I mean, I don't know. Are you are you going to you know expand teams to you know Berlin, Germany, and and I don't know. Well, I tell you another thing. I think the NFL needs to work on the officials just over officiating football games. The last drive of the Dallas New York game yesterday, there was four consecutive plays that there were pass interference penalties. I was watching. Yeah, too many pass interference penalties. Too many holding penalties from behind the play. They're really bogging the game down with so many penalties. And even uh, Mr. Handsome, you know, Tom Brady there with the Patriots, even he says that. You know, that it's, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, too many penalties. You love that Brady boy, don't you? He'll be back in action next Saturday. As Sunday, I want you to know. And the Eagle Hour will be back tomorrow. <laughs> and until then, Southern Miss. <laughs> to, to the, the top. top. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. Slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. Mississippi Media Production.